Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Take Action. My name is Pastor Keon Henderson. I am pleased to be the leader of the Lighthouse Church in Houston, Texas. And what a joy it is to be able to share the word of God with you on today. Listen, lately I've been getting these downloads from the Holy Spirit. And I've been saying this week after week, I haven't received a sermon in the last few months. God just continues to give me message after message after message. And I believe that I have one today that will set your life on a trajectory to the next level. Now, you got you to gotta lock in because today is going to be part self-help. It's also going to be part theological. And there's a lot that can be said about what's going to take place today. And you may hear something that you've never heard before. So what I need you to do is I need you to make sure that you're sharing this link with everybody you can find. I don't care who it is, a cousin, an aunt, an uncle, anybody who has an Internet connection and a device. I need you to text, tweet or X or share or whatever you need to do to make sure that we bring as many people into the fold as possible. Because here's what I've learned. If you will allow me to teach the people that you're trying to teach, they probably can receive the information a lot better from me than they would you because most people cannot receive information from their pain source. So if there's somebody that you've been mentoring and you want to learn more about Christ, send them my way. We're going to take action together. Now, today, I have something that I want to talk to you about. And uh, before we go into that, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give because by the time we finish today, I want you to have your seed in the ground so that it is not a form of manipulation, that you already have it in the ground as a way of saying, God, I already trust you. I'm going to get my seed in the ground and I'm going to make sure that I am seeking you with my seed. So they're putting instructions up on the screen right now to show you exactly how to do that. Now, we're going to get our seed in the ground, and I'm going to share with you at the end of what, what God gave me uh, as it relates to making sure that your seed comes from a place of, of perceived prosperity uh, and making sure, how about this, that you set yourself up for the rest of your life to have life. Like, we're going to worry about other things, but money is not going to be one of those things. And I've been telling people, and, and I saw a gentleman yesterday uh, who heard me say this on the internet, walk with me for the next 12 to 13 months. I need you to lock, I mean, lock, lock all the way in, laser focus over the next 12 to 13 months. Give me 1% of your trust. I promise you, I promise you, I'll do all I can to earn the other 99. So I want you to open up your Bible. I want you to go to 2 Timothy. When you go to 2 Timothy, just open it. I'm going to give you, um, I'm going to give you some scriptures and some things uh, to read about, but it's going to be 2 Timothy. And let me just give them to you all up front. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. <clears throat> I'm going to give you James chapter 1. And you can just put uh, some earmarks in your Bible or in your app. James chapter 1, verse 12. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19. 1 Corinthians 9 and 25. And don't worry, I'm going to go back and say all of these over again. 
and then Psalm 46 and 10. Those are going to be all of the scriptures that we use today to build the case for our conversation. So starting in uh, 2 Timothy, um, where we talked about just the whole book in particular, um, at the time that Paul wrote 2 Timothy, and the reason why it's called 2 Timothy is Paul wrote it, but Timothy carried it. So Timothy is not the author, he's the carrier. Um, at the time that Paul wrote it, um, we know through history that Paul was in Rome in prison. Now, this, this word that I have for you today um, is not uh, one of those words where it's going to take you long uh, to, to, to be ready. It's like you got to be ready right now, okay? Uh, the clock is already starting on, on this message, okay? So, so in, in 2 Timothy, he was in Rome. He was in Rome um, in prison awaiting his execution. Okay? He, was, he, was in, he was in a Roman jail. He knows he's about to die, and he's awaiting his execution. Now, you have to understand what execution means at this day and time. He's not, he's not um, awaiting the electric chair. He's not, he's, he's not waiting the electrical chair. He's not waiting for lethal injection, okay? Um, and all of those would be horrible ways to spend your last moments. But the execution that Paul is about to go through is decapitation. He is literally sitting in a cell knowing that at any moment, his head is going to get cut off. I want you to think about the anxiety, um, the fear that propagates in an individual who's sitting in a cell waiting on his execution. Okay? So, so psychologists suggest that if you think about Paul's circumstance, he's, he's isolated, he has anxiety, he has stress, all of these things that would, would be associated with breathing your last breath, with knowing that you are not going to live long, with knowing that, that your death is being expedited, with knowing that, that Paul right now is, is deteriorating mentally. Um, he, could be, he, could be, uh, he could be thinking about taking his own life to just get it over with. He, he could be thinking a myriad of different things because he's literally in a room waiting to die. He's in a room waiting for it all to be over. And before I get into this message deep, I want to know how many of you, like Paul, would admit, Pastor, I'm just really just sitting back waiting on everything to fall apart. Any, any virtual hands can go up. I, I literally live my whole life just deteriorating, worrying about something that may happen in the future. I'm just, I'm just, I'm in this house right now watching you. I'm at work right now watching you. I am, um, I'm in a car with my, with my cup in the phone, uh, in the, my, my phone in a cup holder, just literally riding around listening to your voice 
struggling to connect with your words. I hear noise, but I don't yet hear the message because I'm deteriorating inside. I'm, I'm literally falling behind little by little. I'm, I'm literally struggling. Uh, I don't have words to bring to my current set of circumstances and situations. And so literally or figuratively, I'm just sitting here waiting to die from something. I'm waiting to die from something. I'm waiting to, not physically, I'm just, I'm just emotionally dead. I'm, I'm just calloused. I can't love. I can't apologize. I don't feel like I should apologize. I feel like I deserve the apology. I'm here, um, as Marshawn Lynch said, so I don't get fined. I'm here. I'm here because I'm here. I'm here because I'm not dead yet. I, I don't know when it's over, but I'm, I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And this is where I am. And this is what worrying does. Worrying literally puts you in a position where you just sit back and you wait on dying from something. Just just get it over with. Just just divorce me already. Just just leave me already. Just just stop talking to me. Block me. It's, it's literally waiting to die from something. It's, it's, let me put it this way, and I feel the Holy Spirit already. It's really when you age before you get old. <laughs> it's, it's accepting failure before you even start. How many of you all can admit that you're either there or have been there? It's, um, it's failing to arrive, not recognizing you're already there. It's the inability to be happy when you're surrounded by things you should be grateful for. So, so, so you lose before you compete. I, I feel like this room is like crowded. Like I, I feel like there should, I feel like everybody is in this room just looking at me sitting on the edge of the seat saying, Pastor, you are talking about me. It's when you quit before you start. It's when you've already decided that you have lost before you even entered the race. It's, it's deciding before knowing all of your options that the game is already over for you. And Psalms 46 and 10, here's one of the scriptures that I gave you, says, be still and know that I am God. My first challenge for you is to be still. I don't mean sit in your seat stoic. I mean, settle your thoughts. Settle your heart pace. Literally breathe in and breathe out. Like literally be still. Stop anticipating hurt before it happens. Stop building walls where there are no enemies. Stop those whispering voices that have plagued your life year after year and just be still. Can you do that right now? Can you do that? Just, I mean, literally just be still. Your mind is racing. Be still. Um, you're, you're, you're rehearsing. One writer said, most of us, we either nurse 
curse, or rehearse. All day long, we're either nursing our pain and anger, we are rehearsing our pain and anger. Nurse, curse, and rehearse. Nurse, curse, and rehearse. I come up against the curse. I come up against the nurse. You are no longer a baby. You are not a babe in Christ. It is time for you to, uh, to subject yourself to the meat of the gospel. No more cursing, no more nursing, and definitely by God's power, no more rehearsing. I speak against you rehearsing your pain. I speak against you rehearsing your anxiety. I come up against you rehearsing that judgmental spirit that you don't want anybody to have on you, but somehow you manage to have it for yourself. No more nursing, no more cursing, no more rehearsing. Now, in the Hebrew, this verse, and most people uh, don't really ever, and I won't say ever, but most people don't really study uh, the etymologies and the Hebrew uh, and the original language of the Psalms because they're so excited about the, um, the promises in the psalm that we don't go back and we don't, that we don't check the original context of the psalm. And, and, and just stay right here, right looking at me. Look right in your phone because I'm getting ready to give you something. Look right in your iPad. If you have me on your television, I need you to get close. Matter of fact, I'm speaking to somebody right now. Get off of your couch. Get out of your seat. I want you to literally walk, if you're in a safe place, within five feet of your television. I want you to be within five feet of your television. And that number five is going to be uh, very, very strategic throughout the rest of this conversation. But in the Hebrew, Psalms 46 and 10, stay with me, stay close. 46 and 10, it literally says this. When it says, be still and know that I'm God, it means, let me just turn, I, I want you to hear me, look, look at me. It means that we intentionally let God win the battle for us without our own effort for the purposes of experiencing what it feels like to be saved by him. Oh, my God. I'm like, that might not be good to nobody else, but I literally just gave myself the chills. When the Bible says in Psalms 46, be still and know that I'm God, the writer is saying that although you have options, although you have authority, although you have power, although you have plans, I need you to be still so that you can know what it feels like to be saved by God, even though you had the power to do something yourself. He says, I need you to, I need you to experience the saving power of God. I need you to experience what it feels like to perhaps have another option, but decide, if it ain't God, I don't want it. I'm just speaking to a thousand of y'all right now. I just need you to say to yourself, if it ain't God, I don't want it. If it isn't God, I don't want it. If it isn't Yahweh, I don't want it. If it isn't Elohim, I don't want it. If it isn't the Alpha and Omega, I don't want it. If it isn't the fairest of ten thousands, I don't want it. If it isn't the beginning and the end, I don't want it. I want you to cancel your subscription on your other options. 
I want you to cancel the subscription on your other options because when you are paying for a multiplicity of options, you are living a life that is expensive and it is too costly to live a life with all of the subscriptions you have. I want you to block every subscription and I want you to rely on God. <clears throat> I want you to trust him intensively and exclusively. I want you to know what it means to be saved by him and the power of his might. Like, there is nothing like being in the arms of God. Be still. I know you perhaps have a strategy that could get you there before God decides to respond but you won't know what it feels like for him to save you. <laughs> See, I'm trying to get you addicted to what it feels like to be saved by him because once you feel the, the feeling of being saved by him, you will decide there is no other way. See, this is why Paul could be in prison. Now let's wrap it up. In 2 Timothy, this is why he could be in a, a prison and say, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Paul, how are you so positive in prison? Have you ever seen somebody happy? And it's a lot of let me tell you, let me, I coined this term, there's a lot of happy haters. There's a lot of people that hate you because you're happy. Because they can't figure out how to be happy, so they say stuff like, ooh, you too nice, or you, know, you just always happy. Bring that energy down. Don't do, don't do it, don't do it. Don't you ever become sad so that you can have misery with somebody who can't figure out how to be glad? Paul is in prison. You know what the meals are like in prison. At least you've seen it on television. So he ain't eating well. It's dark. It's cold. He's hungry. Okay. He is waiting to get his head cut off. And he's like, yeah, this is a good place to be in because God's about to give me a crown of righteousness. Most of us can't find a reason to praise God when our bills are due. Your head is not about to be cut off. You're stressed out because your mortgage is due. Your head is not about to be cut off. You're stressed out because you can't find the money to take the vacation you've been looking at. Your heads are not about to be cut off. You're frustrated because you can't shop like you want to. Your head is not about to be cut off. Paul is on death row, walking the green mile. His head is about to be cut off, and Paul says, man, I can't wait on this crown. I just can't. I'm just looking for 56 people who can press your way through and give God glory via the Internet right now, knowing that if you are still, he'll be God. What if I offered you the antidote? that the reason why you haven't experienced God is because God hasn't experienced your stillness. You haven't experienced the power of God 
in its full capacity because God has not yet experienced your stillness. Paul said, I'm waiting on this glorious moment, even though I am not in a glorious circumstance. Because I know that ultimately Jesus has the victory over death, hell, and the grave. What if I told you that the real reality is, is that Jesus already has the victory over the thing that has you nervous, the thing that has you depressed, the thing that has you stressed. He already has the victory over the situation. I said victory. Paul said crown. Synonymous terms, because watch this. Crown is not the word for royal diadem that we use. It's not the golden crown that gets put on your head. It's actually the Greek word Stephanos, which is the kind of crown that is given to a runner who wins an Olympic race. I want you to go back and I want you to think about the last time you saw a, a Roman statue um, uh, of, of some sort and you saw this crown on the head of the statue. Notice it wasn't a crown with rubies and emeralds and pearls and diamonds. It was pine needles and olive branches and leaves. This is the kind of crown that Paul is talking about. He's not talking about an expensive crown. He's actually talking about a worthless hunk of thorn thistles and olive branches and leaves, a worthless reward, one you can't take to a pawn shop, one you can't sell on eBay, one you can't give to the real real, one you cannot auction off. Nobody will want this reward because it is worthless in its composition. It is only valuable because it represents that if you receive this crown, that you have been disciplined and that you have finished your race. And let me tell you something today, ladies and gentlemen, the most valuable thing you have in your life is a finish. <laughs> the most valuable thing you have in your life is a finish. Not what you received from finishing, but that you did not quit. The most valuable thing you have in your life is your relentless pursuit. The most valuable thing you have in your life was your faith, that you walked by faith and not by sight. I want, to, I want all of the finishers to identify yourself. I want you to scream so loud where you are that you disturb the people who are around you. They don't even know what you're doing right now, but I need you to scream, I'm a finisher. Because let me tell you, the most valuable thing that you have is that you finish, that you did not let life wipe you out, that you did not blow your brains out, that you did not die from the suicide attempt. You finished. You kept the faith. You stayed in the race because it was not given to the swift nor the strong, but the one that endured to the end. And let me tell you what God told me to tell you. You don't have permission to stop. 
You don't have permission to get tired. You don't have permission to quit. You don't have permission to sit in the dark corner of your house or your room or wherever you are and say, woe is me. You don't have permission to end your life. You don't have permission to throw in the towel. You don't have permission because God has more for you. There is more for you. Everybody just type in the chat. There's more for me. There's more for me. There is more anointing, more grace, more power, more resources, more anointing, more finances, more, more, more. And if you knew there was more, then you wouldn't settle for less. There is more. There's more for you because God is going to use you to get it to your children. I need everybody to shout more. I need you to act like you are in a worship atmosphere and type more, say more. Uh, I want you to document more. I want you to expect more. I want you to speak more. I want you to think more. I want you to pray more. I want you to fast more. I want you to just recognize that you are entering a season of more, more authority, more grace, more job opportunities, more, more, more. And when you know you've been anointed for more, you stop settling for less. You've been settling. Why? Because you're in prison. You've been settling. Why? Because you're tired of being single? You've been settling. Why? Because you're insecure and you're trying to catch up with somebody. You don't know what they've been through. You, you can look at someone and think that you can wake up today and be them. You can't be anybody when you wake up in the morning no more than you can't be yourself when you go to sleep at night. And changing the days won't change your circumstances. You got to change yourself by the renewing of your mind. God says, for your discipline, I'm going to give you a crown. Help me, Holy Ghost. He says, for your commitment, I'm going to give you a crown. For your endurance, I'm going to give you a crown. For your self-control, I'm going to give you a crown. But, come here. All of y'all won't get the same crown. There are five crowns. And you won't get them all. Over the next 10 minutes, I want to help you to identify the five crowns that are available to you. Because you are a king. You are a queen. You, you are a winner. Now it is time for you to get your crown. The first crown that the scripture talks about is the crown of incorruption. Stick with me because I'm going to go through this lightning fast. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse 25. Every athlete exercises discipline in every way. They do it to win a perishable crown. But we, an imperishable one. In other words, here it is. God says, if you don't quit, I'll give you an incorruptible crown. Let me translate it. One writer calls it the well done crown. <laughs> this is the crown that God gives you when he approves of your work ethic. 
God says, I'm going to give you a well done crown just because you did not faint. I'm going to give you the desire of your heart for the mere fact that you were bleeding, but you kept crawling. I'm going to give you the well done crown because somebody deserved for you to expose them. But because you stayed patient and you let me fight the battle, I'm going to give you the well done crown. I need everybody all over the world to just type or shout, well done. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. God says, I'm now approving you for much. Oh my God, who am I talking to? I, I just released some of y'all to go to the bank and go get the loan because you've just been approved. Go to the car lot. You've been approved. Apply for the school. You've been approved. God says, because you didn't quit, I'm about to give you the well done crown. Somebody just shouted again. Well done. Some of y'all about to get the well done crown. God says, I approve of you, daughter. I approve of you, son. I'm about to give you the well done crown. Here's the second crown. How many of y'all want the well done crown? All right, I need to see a virtual hand. Because this second one, <laughs> this one is it's equally as good. Neither one of these crowns you want to figure that you can do without. God says, I'm going to give you the well done crown. Number two, the second crown that's available to those of us who are in Christ Jesus is the crown of rejoicing. The crown of rejoicing. 1 Thessalonians 2 and 19, for what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? This is the crown, listen, given to people. Ooh. Now see this one, come, come here real quick, Jason. Come here, because uh, um, so many people going to miss this crown. Like this crown is so legit, but most people miss it. Did you not know that God gives crowns to people who evangelize? Did you know that one of the ways to get blessed is to bring people to Jesus? You out here trying to work and you trying to go back to school and you trying to get a formal education, and I'm for all of that, but what if I told you that God will bless you for bringing people to the cross? Like, if I was, if I was in a church, we'd be going in right now. Like, if I, was, if I was at the lighthouse and I had my crew with me, we would be going in because I just unlocked a cheat code for some of y'all that you still are going to get to the highest levels of God, and, and just, you ain't got no bachelor's degree, you don't have a, a degree, you don't have a master's, you, you don't have a doctorate, you don't have, you don't even have an associate's, you don't have a certificate, you may not even have a GED, and the whole world has been making you think that if you don't have these formal educations, and if you don't have this experience, then you won't see the blessings of the Lord, but I'm telling you right now, God's about to bless somebody who's bringing people to Jesus. And we got to get back to bringing people to the Lord. You got, we got to get back 
to evangelizing. And I'm not saying that you got to knock on doors and pass on track, pass out tracks, but you got to let somebody know that Jesus is alive. You got to let somebody know that Jesus is on the throne. You got to let somebody know that God is good all the time and all the time God is good. I need all the people who didn't graduate from Harvard, Yale, uh, from MIT, from people who don't have formal education to be like, Pastor, you know what? God can use me to bring people to Christ and I'm going to get a crown because I'm an evangelist for Jesus. Yeah, you got to be a witness for the Lord. Yeah, you got to be a witness. Somebody shout, I'll be a witness. I'll be a witness. That's the second crown. Let me give you the third crown. Because right now I got two. How many, how many people got two crowns right now? All right. I'm about to give you a third crown. The third crown is the crown of Righteousness. Here's our opening scripture, 2 Timothy 4 and 8. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. This crown that is referred to by Paul as the crown of righteousness is referred to by theologians as the crown of the overcomer. The crown of the overcomer. It's the crown that you get for just finishing. <laughs> you missed it. What if I told you that God has a crown even if you didn't win, just simply for not giving up. I want to spend seven seconds encouraging every person in here who has ever felt defeated, but you still showed up to the fight. I got an announcement. There's a crown coming your way too. You finished in dead last. There's a crown coming your way. You literally, you literally almost gave up. There's a crown coming your way. You literally stopped praying. There's a crown coming your way. You literally stopped going to church for a year or two. There's a crown coming your way. You literally stopped trusting the religious institution as a whole. There's a crown coming your way. I speak to you prophetically. Because you did not waver in your commitment to God, even though you were on your last straw and your last leg. I speak prophetically to you that God's about to give you the overcomer's crown. There's a crown coming because the race was never given to the swift nor the strong. Always earmarked for the one that endures to the end. Here's the fourth crown. Here's the fourth crown. It's called the crown of glory. God says, I'm going to give you the crown of glory. First Peter five and four says, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Oh, my God. Now that one, Bishop almost ran. <laughs> I, listen, it ain't but four of us in this room, y'all, but I don't need all of y'all to shout because when I read when I was putting this together and it said it will never fade away. You mean to tell me my haters can't take this crown? 
You mean to tell me my age can't take this crown? You mean to tell me that my bad decisions and the consequences of it, I still get to keep this one? But listen, listen, I need every person who's watching me, especially if you are a pastor or if you are not a pastor and you know of one, I need you to either text them and tell them to get on real quick, tell them you need to show them something for five minutes, or just send them the link so that they can rewatch it later on. Tell them to subscribe to the page so that they can see this because this is for leaders. The fourth crown is called the glory crown. It's called the glory crown. First Peter five and four says, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. This is what some theologians call the pastor's crown. It's given to the shepherd that didn't allow the sheep to make them quit in the pasture. I speak a blessing over faithful leadership. No, 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 no. This is serious because right now there's a pastor you can't get more than 20 people to show up to service and you think that your preaching is going in vain. God says, no, no son, no daughter. I'm about to give you the shepherd's crown. I'm, I'm going to give you the pastor's crown. I'm, I'm, a, I'm about to give you the crown of glory for your weeping, for your praying, for leading Israel through the wilderness. I, I speak a crown of glory over the small business owner who has more outgo than income. I speak the crown of glory over the faithful leader whose organization is not growing to the size that you imagine. I speak to the agent, to the, to the beautician. I speak to the leader that God's gonna put a crown of glory over you because you were faithful over a small thing. God says, I'm about to give you a crown of glory because you did not quit. I'm going to give you a crown of glory and I speak a blessing over every faithful leader, every faithful father, every faithful mother, every faithful pastor, every faithful evangelist, every faithful prophet, every faithful entrepreneur. I speak a crown of glory over you that you did not allow a thing that wasn't growing to shrink you. The final crown. It's called the crown of life. James 1 and 12 says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. Watch this. Which God has promised to those who love him. This crown is given to the one who suffered but stayed committed until the job was finished. I can literally see the tears coming down your eyes. This crown goes to the one that was tempted to yield but kept fighting because somehow in your spirit you knew it was worth it. 
I give you these parting words. Don't you ever give up. There are five rewards, five crowns, five blessings, which so happens to be the number of grace. God says, I'm about to grace your life. God's riches, G-R-A-C-E, at Christ's expense. Grace is when God gives you what you don't deserve. You don't even deserve one crown, but I'm about to give you five. I speak five rewards in your life. I speak five new levels of dimension. I speak five times the income. Five times the peace. Five times the joy. Five times the confidence. You know, Sunday, I spoke about this, about taking your iPhone. I promise you right now, my phone is ringing. The number starts with 512, and the second set is 542. I don't even know who it is. God says double grace. I, I, I can't even show you the number because it may be somebody's personal number. I was getting ready to have the com camera come look on it, but then that number will be all over the world. You're just going to have to trust me. It, it's, oh, hold on. I, I promise you. I promise you. My phone is ringing. Um, at this very moment, I know who it is. I have an appointment that's set up at this very moment. There is a five in the first three numbers. There is a five in the second three numbers, and there was a five in the last four, triple grace. So God, so God is too wise to make a mistake. I'm, God help me, this is, okay, this is the God's honest truth. I would never lie about something this serious, and this is not planned. The individual who just called me while I am teaching you is getting ready to meet me about something that we are engaging in with the business matter. And the figure for the business matter starts with the five. God is my witness. So we're about to discuss a business matter that starts with the number five. He has three fives in his number. We're talking about the five crowns of life. And if you go back and watch my sermon from this past Sunday, Tested by Trees, I talked about how if you have an iPhone, if you push the power button five times, it will connect you to the emergency unit. It will, it literally, you will have to cancel it. It will immediately call the authorities for you. God is telling me to get ready or get you ready for grace. I need you to lift up the five on your left and the five on your right. And as you get ready to give right now, I am speaking a triple level of financial grace on your life. In fact, I believe that this 
and there are 50. Listen, right now I'm 50 seconds over my time. There's another five. I'm believing that whatever decision you're getting ready to make in the next five minutes is going to be one that will set you up for the next 50 years. I believe that this is God's way of just signing off on what I'm getting ready to discuss. More grace. More grace. More grace. They're putting the instructions up on the screen. Don't you miss this uncommon moment. Some of you all need to go back and you need to tithe because you skipped it on Sunday. God says, if you go back and correct that mistake, more grace. More grace. More grace. They're putting instructions up on the screen right now. I, I don't even, I, I, my mind is blown. I'm a minute and 57 seconds over my time now. There's another five. Grace, grace, grace. Five crowns. I want you to get five gifts. It could be five dollars, five fives, five tens, whatever you need God to do for your life, you need to decide because this is an uncommon moment and you don't want to be cheap in the presence of the anointing. I'm speaking right now. More grace on your life. You see the instructions on the screen. I'm actually, I'm actually going to give again. <laughs> I'm not missing this moment. I'm not missing this moment. More grace. Watch this one over and over again. Watch this one over and over again. This one is going to change your life. I'm two minutes and 50 seconds over my time right now. There's another five. Listen, I pray that God will bless you in your going and in your coming. I speak the grace of God over your life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'll see you next week on Take Action. Hey, everybody. My name is Pastor Keon Henderson. I am the founder of an organization called Take Action Now. People are always direct messaging me and texting me and saying, Pastor, what are you doing? How can I be a part of what you're doing? And I know everybody doesn't want to be a part of the local church, but what if I told you I had a way for you to partner with me so that we can affect change throughout the world? Hence, Take Action Now, a 501c3 nonprofit organization committed to advancing individual agency and social progress by protecting, strengthening, and uplifting the underserved and disenfranchised throughout the world. We're doing humanitarian things, teaching entrepreneurism, teaching home ownership, and institutional inequities, cultural deficits. We have our ear to the ground, and we need your help to make a difference. Whether it is making a sizable donation uh, to the estate of a young woman who lost her battle with cancer via the internet, and we were able to make a difference there, or whether it is in a underserved community in the Caribbean islands where the children were playing amidst rocks and glass. And we came in and broke ground recently on a park so that athletes and cheerleaders and young people in that community can have a safe place to stir up the gift inside of them. Whether it is paying the utility bills in cold climates for seniors or just helping basketball players get the proper uniforms of football players. It's just us making a difference through financial literacy and technological empowerment and mentoring services. This 
It's what we do. And all I'm asking you to do is become a partner with me right now. And I want you to go visit takeactionnow.org. Don't put off for tomorrow what you can do today.